Welcome. This is another edition of Fish Heads and Ray Gravy, the podcast where we explore all things occult, metaphysical, culturally relevant, and indigenously spiritual. With this podcast, I hope to examine the ways in which marginalized people create a world of beauty out of colonized trauma. And this is your girl, Ia Mawia. And today, today, I guess I'm pulling for a lot from a lot of different areas. Um, we are definitely going to talk about the tarot for the week, uh, a tarot reading that you should take heed to and sort of let it, let it blend into your, um, you know, into your next week. I know there are a lot of people who talk about tarot, who talk about astrology, and when you, I think when you come across it, when you hear it, when it becomes presented in your life in such a way that you have to take notice of it, then it is definitely for you. You know, it's your it's your lesson. It's something that you should take heed in because at some point throughout your week, you um, will see some of those manifestations. So not just from me as a reader, but from any reader, you you scroll across a reader, you know, on Instagram. Or you scroll across a reader on, um, you know, Twitter, you know, wherever you might scroll across or you might come in contact or see um, any type of angel numbers, you know, those repetitive numbers that appear in our lives. And we go and we, you know, Google, maybe even Google some numerology and you find out exactly what's going on, you know, in terms of um, what they mean to you, because I don't think that anything is ever random. When you see it, you're supposed to see it. You're supposed to assess it, internalize it in the way in which it works for you. So this week, um, you know, I have been reading a book and I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the last podcast, but I, I mean, I just I just rolled through the book. I, I really devoured the book and I was looking for something that was in line with um an African-American woman, a therapist, psychologist, talking about an, an African-American perspective of working inside white spaces, you know. And um, for me, you know, growing up as a child of, um, you know, therapists and, and psychologists like Naeem Akbar, you know, to find a, a, a female voice was, was, was something that I liked. I mean, I love, I love Naeem Akbar as well. But to also to find this female voice who, um, you know, really uh, resonated with with me, um, Catrice Jackson, and the book is called The Becky Code, Don't Waste Your Magic. Um, and, and you know, it has a funny title, of course, you know, you're talking about white women, Becky, and in the book she talked, you know, briefly mentioned, you know, we go back and forth to, uh, you know, white men, Brads, and, you know, it's very humorous just to give them those names, right? But the book is a really serious and intense and in-depth um, experience or viewpoint and looking at how the relationship between black women and white women, you know, just how they um, manifest, you know, um, in terms of, um, you know, this whole oppressive idea, you know, you work in those spaces. And I think a lot of times when we think about oppression and we think about racism as people of color, you know, the the image that looms out over everything is this image of a white male presence, right? This hetero white male um, who is who presents himself as this, right? This this uh, leader of Western ideology, you know, um, taking everything from everybody else who's not him. And this book, it you know, it really gets you to thinking, you know, about the individuals who give birth to those men, right? Um, and, the, and we start thinking about our relationships with women. And for myself, working um, for 12 years, 
in a situation in the school system where I'm the only black person, right? And I have been the only black person at this school since it was, uh, it changed over from an element from a middle school to an elementary school. And so, and it's in, in everything that she says in her book, and you can look her up, you can Google her. I mean, she's YouTube. She does, um, conferences and she talks about all of these things and she has other books out, but this one really resonated with me when I looked at her books and I thought, which one should I you know, begin my journey into her mind with. And this one stuck out. Again, her name is Catrice Jackson. And um, I, at some point, I would love to, you know, have her come on the podcast and we just talk about, you know, her experiences and what she does and how she helps to um, ease, you know, a lot of the trauma that we that we deal with because it doesn't go away. And I like that she's she she, you know, really stresses that point, you know, that it does not go away. Um, but, and, and, you know, when you grow up in a society where people have been bred or been born from individuals who have led an oppressive lifestyle or even an oppressive mentality, then, you know, that becomes a part of that individual's DNA. Right. And so the book is, is something I believe that all black women should read, you know, all people of color should read, whether you're male or female, um, and just understand what people are going through. I think sometimes as women of color, you know, we are labeled as having an easier route to deal with, um, to travel through this racist society. And sometimes our men will say that it's, it's easier for you, you know, because you don't have to deal with this, this and that from the male, you know, the white male perspective, trying to, you know, hold you down. But, you know, when you read this, you know, with your mate or as a man by yourself, I think it gives you a different idea of what the women have to go through in terms of a psychological, um, oppression, you know, whereas uh, I think a lot of men of color feel like their oppression from outside of, you know, from the white establishment is um, more of a physical, it turns, it can turn quickly into a more of a physical um, oppression. Um, But the book itself doesn't mean for us to think in terms of your oppression is worse than mine or whatever. It is just to an understanding for myself. It's a reasoning and understanding and why I recommend it to individuals. It's an understanding of the fact that we are all dealing with some shit, right? And it's not to say that somebody's shit is stinkier than somebody else's shit. It's just to acknowledge that we've all stepped in the middle of a shit show. And um, and so, you know, how you how you you know, how you deal with it, how you combat it. And she talks about all kinds of things to do. And I think one of the most pertinent things that she mentions in this book is and I'm not going to give away too much because I want people to get it. But one of the most pertinent things that she mentions is. she talks to white people, white women, as well as black women, and, you know, try as often as possible to get them in groups together where they can see and recognize, you know, what's going on with each other and um, recognize it and acknowledge that it is so right. And for us, I think for people of color, one of the main things is an understanding of your self-worth, you know, who you are, your culture, your history. And once you have that as a backbone or something that you're standing on, your groundedness in that, then it is much harder for people to um, take away your agency in this world, you know, and when you don't feel the need to strive to become somebody else outside of yourself i.e. a white woman. I don't have to be you or act like you to feel like I have worth. 
And so a lot of um, the trauma is in stems from, you know, feeling like your self-worth is nothing compared to somebody else's self-worth. So, I mean, read the book. I mean, that's all I can say. You just read the book from cover to cover and you will find yourself at times laughing, at times shouting, you know, angry, at times wanting to cry. Um, but you will not step away from it feeling like it was a waste of time. You won't feel that way. You know, you will actually want to walk around with it as your Bible. And you're going to call some things out when you see it, you know, some scenarios and and you're going to see it as what it is. And then you it'll have you thinking about past experiences and, and how they too have manifested in that way. And now you can name them. But I want to start off with a quote from the from the book, and it's an Alice Walker quote. And she says, nobody is as powerful as we make them out to be. I love that quote. Nobody is as powerful as we make them out to be. And actually, I framed it. I put it in a small picture frame. And behind that that frame, I put a rune, you know, for of protection. And you can Google runes. You can find out about runes. You can buy some books on runes. But I put a rune of protection behind that with a little bit of... Um, you know, oil for protection as well as oil for um, bending people to your perspective. So and I keep it in my in my room. And the idea of it all is to protect me from anybody else's bullshit when they step over the threshold into my room. You know, I'm not worried about trying to control individuals outside of that setting in terms of making them do what I want them to do. Um, you know, just willy nilly, just, you know, just because. But what I am understanding is that, you know, uh, just because I don't wake up with the idea that I'm going to go out into this space to cause somebody harm, mental, physical, that doesn't mean that other people don't. And I've been working in this situation long enough to know that that's what happens there on the daily. So this quote and that's framed in this room that's behind it acts as my protection for that for that space and I and I do that a lot of times I do the warding of the door and I do my protection rituals for the room so this not it's not like something new came out of reading the book but what did come was I could use these quotes right and the and when I look over and I the quotes remind me they sort of give me that meditative space you know I can't I don't take time to say okay let me count to ten you know on these bitches or anything like that but what does happen is I can look over at the quote I can remember the quote or just even knowing that that's in that space that I'm not going to experience that drama that can't happen here okay and so. That's something that I want to recommend that we, you know, that you, you can pick it up. Like, again, it's called the Becky Code. Don't waste your magic. She's is on the cover of it. It says, and it says how to deal with white women violence while amplifying your joy. And it's by Catrice M. Jackson. All right. Um, our cards for this week, for the next seven days, will be, starts off with the seven of pentacles. And I am still using the wild unknown tarot deck by Kim Kranz. Um, in this particular one, it has the seven pentacles and they're sort of, they're going sort of in a, um, uh, you know, just a little line, not, not directly, you know, sort of slanted, a slanted line. That's how they're coming down from one end of the card to the other. And then there are lines, you know, straight lines, hash lines, hash marks, you know, um, down the cards, the cards, black and white card. But what it talks about in this card, is the period of contemplation. The seven of pentacles is a card about contemplation. It shows how 
Sometimes we contemplate because we're uncertain. Sometimes we're just taking our time to really figure out and assess what our next step is going to be. You're looking back at all of your hard work and wondering if it has been a failure or a success. You can't seem to decide. Should you be reaping more rewards by now? Maybe so. But the mind has control over perception. And with this particular card, what I like about it is that a lot of times the seven of pentacles is telling us you already have a a reward in your life. You already have successes in your life. You already have what you need to move on to the next step or the next rung in the ladder. And sometimes we don't think about it like that. And especially living in a world now where we are really tuned into reality TV, you know, or to social social media, which can, you know, on its own become a sort of reality TV for us too. And so being tuned into that, a lot of times we see influencers and we see all types of individuals, you know, who a lot of times are pretending, you know, to have this, um, you know, this, this lifestyles of the rich and famous type setup going on in their existence. And it's not so, but we will measure our own lives and our own successes by what we see. And with the seven of pentacles, what it is saying is that contemplate what you need to do for yourself to be, you know, trauma free, you know, just like she's talking about in her book, Catrice in her book. But also it's about contemplating where you need to go to make sure that you have space in your life so that you're not taking up your time and your 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 mental dexterity with bullshit you know trying to chase behind somebody else who's living a lie right you just don't know it's a lie because i can take a picture of anything or i can type anything and and you know you don't see the whole picture you know what i'm saying you just see what i want you to see there was somebody had a meme up um a few days ago I saw and there was this guy and he was taking a picture of himself a face shot and he looked like a you know like some model some GQ model in the face and then they were saying how you never see the whole picture right and so they had another picture where they showed the rest of his body and it, he looked like a uh, you know these this um over this man in in in, in uh, what they called uh, mom jeans, right? His pants were kind of pulled up like Steve Urkel, and you know he just had his belly hanging over his pants, and I mean it, just all of this, you know, happening. And not to say that there's anything wrong with him, you know, being a heavier man, but he was he was trying to market himself in one in one regard, right? And then he looks a totally different way. You know, and so all these people were saying that he was so dreamy and all that when they saw his face. And then when they saw saw the whole body, it's like he, you know, then he was, you know, riddled with insults. So I think sometimes we we're we're caught up in that, too, where we don't see the whole picture. We just see what people want us to see. And then we measure our own life experiences based upon what they're showing. Right. And it's just that pretty face. And we don't see what's hanging over the, you know, the waist of the pants. Right. So the seven of pentacles is basically contemplate. Think about what you've already achieved. Think about what you know, what will make you happy for you not to measure you against, you know, somebody else. Right. So I like that one. I like that one a lot because rarely do we think about when we think about our our readings, you know, I have people come to me. It's either for them, it's either going to be, um, 
do this, do that, good or bad. It's never for them. It's never about taking some time out and have ownership over what you already have, over what you've already done, all over what you've already achieved. You know, it's always let's move on to the next thing. Okay, I got that. Okay, what's next for me? What's next that's going to be happy? And you never really um, have time to embrace you know the life you're living because you're you're so in this race to beat the next person over you you know the next scroll down you want to be better than them and you don't even know them you don't even know what they're going through you know you just assume because of what they show you right and then the card in the middle was the fool card and the fool card is about spontaneity spontaneity and innocence right and we've seen that fool before we've seen it, that fool pop up you know many times and and then there's that you know once again there's that bird on the branch right and that one it meant a lot to me with the fool card because when i think about the fool i'm always thinking about being ready to move on but then i'm thinking about what's there once you move on and that's one of the things no matter what deck you're looking at if it's the pamela coma smith deck or any of the other newer decks right even if they're not an offshoot of the pamela coleman smith deck you you always you you go into you walk into the life of the fool and you it's always these what ifs right what if you sleep and there's nothing there to catch you what if you fail you know and so and it's not all it's not it's never about what if you fail you go how are you going to pick yourself back up and just move on it's always in the back of the mind what if you fail and then everybody else around you is like i told you told you see or laughing at you or whatever right you know you shouldn't have did it you know kind of thing that's what you're more worried about than what if I fail and now I have to reset you know it's never that it's always how the world is going to perceive my failure and so I think with this one it's about that innocence and the innocence in life it helps us to understand that we have to keep moving you know, we have to make some decisions and some decisions are going to result in failure. You know, this bird may, you know, leap off of this branch and be met by a cat. I don't know, a, a dog or whatever, you know, there. And and then it may leap off and learn to fly and love to fly. Right. And be an inspiration to other birds. I don't know. But we, and we never know. But it's that innocence of it all. And I think the understanding that even with that innocence, we still have to rely upon the knowledge that we've been taught from our elders, from our ancestors or whatever path we've come from, from people who really have um, who've helped us in our life, not from individuals that we follow behind constantly. And we we're always falling. You know what I'm saying? We're always being chased by the cat or we're, or we're always just, you know, hanging at the, you know, by the by our fingertips at the edge of a cliff. Not those individuals i'm talking about people who have promised us things and showed us things and they have proven themselves to be of great benefit to our lives with the innocence and with our reliance on those individuals we can be successful that's what i always get when i think about the fool card i think it's always an idea of calling somebody a fool when we are fearful because we didn't make moves that we should have made. And that's how I always approach this card when it comes up. Don't think so much about yourself being a fool, but think about the individuals who may have had an opportunity similar to yours. It may have been one that was quite, 
you know, like just like yours or are close to it. And they didn't take those chances. Right. Because they were afraid, you know, to be a fool. Right. Or be made a fool of. And so they look at you and don't want you to take, you know, your steps because you might become successful and your success may really prove to them that they shouldn't have been afraid that now they are a fool because they never really stepped out on their own and saw where life could have taken them so this one is definitely about being spontaneous being innocent about the spontaneity but understanding that even if you fall if you're supported by people who love you right and ground yourself with those individuals and not with people who are waiting for you to fail then you're not a failure right you've fallen but you can still get up and those people will support your next moves and they won't be around you saying you know negative things about you or laughing at you now sometimes some people because you know us you know i know being um you know brought up in a household black folk we're we're gonna we're gonna let you know we told you so you know what i'm saying but it's not out of um you know disrespect or like we don't love you it's because you know we were trying to stop you from being a, a jerk or jackass you know because that was we that was just really close to it but we can't we can't keep people all all their lives you know when you're young and you're a child you try to monitor that but even children you know will reach out and still touch the hot you know heater even after you've tried to make them understand that that's hot you know what hot means right and they'll still be tempted by it and so i think people you know we we get older and we're still the same way we get tempted by you know life right and some paths are not good paths and sometimes we make amends with that and we go back and we gonna hear that you know i told you so but it's not going to be a forever i told you so or i'm glad that that happened to you you know you more of that needs to happen to you i wish you the worst it's never that it's you know i told you so because i knew that this is where we would be but let's reset you know it won't be a forever, I told you, so as if you were dealing with somebody who really was um, jealous of you or really, you know, bef- or bef- befriends you just because, you know, they want to see you f- your failure. And then the very last card. The strength card, the master of emotions is the strength. And with this one, I think of it as how are we going to handle ourselves after you know the success or the failure of that food card right how are we going to handle ourselves after that you know people even if you're successful at something you stepped out on something you know out of innocence you know it was something that you you know you quit that job and you started up you know, this startup of your own, this this shop, you know, that you've always wanted to do, people are still going to say you were foolish, whether you become successful at it or not. You're still going to have a group of people who are going to say that still was dumb. You know, you could you could become, a you know, somebody who makes millions off of the business, you know, and you left behind this other job or this other career to start up. And you're going to still have a group of people who are going to say that was still dumb. 
you know, what if that would have failed? You would have been laughing stock or whatever. You know what I'm saying? You're still going to have people that say that was dumb, that was stupid. You know, maybe they'll say that was dumb, that was stupid because why you just didn't go to school for that? Why you went and, you know, and got a degree in law or you got a degree in medicine or you got a degree in education and you really wanted to do this? You stupid. You wasted your time. You know, you could have been making money, you know, you know, a lot more money earlier, you know, all kind of things. So you're still going to have a group of people who, no matter what you do, how you do it, when you decide to do it, are going to be in alignment with you, or you're going to have someone who are going to say, you still dumb, you still foolish, I don't care, you know? And so I think the strength card, by calling it the master of emotion, it allows us to understand that, you know what, it's about how I handle or how I embrace where I am in my life, whether I fall down, have a misstep, you know, trip, you know what I'm saying? Catch myself or others catch me. You know, how am I going to handle that? You know, am I going to feel like a fool or a failure or that I've, um, you know, wasted my time? Or am I going to just move ahead with it and, you know, use it as a learning experience and keep going? So this one definitely, and she says it's common to think of this card as the roaring, devouring side of the lion. Because there's a lion on the card, right? Just like in a traditional right away. Pamela Coleman Smith deck. And if with this particular card, there's no lady with her hand on his mane and one in his mouth. There's none of that. He is there looking, you know, staring at us beneath the sun with a rose in his mouth, right? This gentleness, this sweetness, you know, but roses have thorns, right? We know that. But he's still standing there and he's looking at us in the sunlight. And what we understand is that, you know, we have to be patient. We have to compose ourselves no matter what. And we just have to, you know, and sometimes you want to let it out. Sometimes you do roar. Sometimes you do cry. Sometimes you do scream because of the, you know, what happens as a result of being the fool, right? Or seen as the fool. But it, it doesn't stop things. You know, the sun is still going to, you know, shine. It's going to come up, you know, the next day and you have to have a reset. You have to be a person who is in charge of your emotions enough to say, okay, I've done that. I've had my moment, you know, now it's time to keep on trucking. And those are the major things. So I want you to think about those things with, with these particular cards, those seven of pentacles. I want you to think about, you know, contemplating how are you going to handle things before you take that step like the fool and then how are you going to handle those emotive moments once you decide that um you know whatever's transpired you know either it has benefited me to a certain point or it's allowing me to see that I need to rethink some things you know what type of strength am I going to muster to get through it all and is my strength going to be you know, predicated upon what other people think about me, because it's always that, right? Whenever we make decisions and there are major decisions and there are decisions that, you know, the, the, the world is going to see, right? Then we sort of feel like, you know, we have to make these movements so that we're not embarrassed. We're not made to be ashamed in front of everyone. Um, And the last thing I wanted to talk about, I was reading an article because I like to read articles or read anything from anywhere, you know, that I feel like it might give some inspiration. Um, And so AARP magazine, right, as we all get older, you know, whether we want to embrace it or not, you know, we we start to look at, you know, how we're going to um, maneuver when we retire in that next life, or even if or even if we're taking care of aging parents, you know, in our home, how do we 
have a setup where everybody can be safe. And so there was an article in there and it was called Closet Cleanup. And it was it was it was small. It was a tiny article. It was real short. But it talked about things like, um, you know, putting, um, you know, motion lights inside your closet area. Right. Having a double rack so that it won't be so hard. You know, it can be sturdy enough to, to, you know, hold up all your clothing. But also with that light. Right. You can see what you have and what you really don't need and things like that. And so you don't go out buying a lot of excessive things. Now you see what you what you what you really need. And especially when you move towards, you know, retirement and you may not be going to a nine to five. So you might not want to keep a lot of nine to five type things. So just to be aware of what's there and what's not necessary. But one of the most important things that came up was setting a 30 minute timer and looking into the closet. Right. Having this this day when you do this and you keep donate ditch. Right. It's what the guy is. What it was, was what they called it. So and when that's something that I thought about in terms of, you know, how we are influenced by other individuals, especially with this tarot spread. Right. And so I thought the same ideology would apply to social media, right? And so setting a 30 minute timer, right? You know, taking a month and having a day a week where you do this, set that 30 minute timer, decide, you know, individuals on your media platforms, you can take one platform, you know, a day, you know, when you do this, and um, who are you going to keep? Who are you going to donate? And who are you going to ditch, right? And when I think about the idea of donate, I'm thinking about you know, individuals who may not be right for you anymore, right? But you might recommend a friend, you know, might want to, you know, add this person, you know, hey, I saw this person who likes, I don't know, who likes to talk about, um, you know, grilling, you know, all the time on the, on their site, on their, on their page. And that might be somebody you might be interested in, you know, but you're really ditch, you're really getting rid of them, you know, off of your page, but you're sort of donating them to somebody else. Cause sometimes we have a, a hard time with actually blocking or deleting people. And, you know, it's kind of like, we feel like we're being mean, you know? Um, but if you think about it in terms of donating them to somebody else, you know, this person might be, you know, you have, you ever checked? out this person do you have you do you know and you might do it that way definitely we know what ditch mean you know if there's somebody who are causing us trauma and animosity every time we see their information we're we're angry and upset we need to ditch and block them get them off of there and keep the people who bring us peace they don't all have to think like we think but they have to be about about the business of you know um roaring when it's time to roar and not just roaring all the time not just you know negativities being spilled from them so keep those people donate some people ditch some people and that is something that i i think would help us to understand our place when we think about being considered a fool you know with the reading because a lot of times we like i said earlier we base our beliefs about ourselves upon how we see other people living and that's not good for us right we start thinking that what's wrong with me why don't I have that why can't I go on those trips look why are they doing that why is her husband doing that for her and I maybe I need some of that why 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 don't I get that you know or whatever it might be so you know when you start to clean it out you start to really see where you are and the type of individuals who bring you balance and so that's why I say keep donate ditch you know and get the clutter out the way and once you get the clutter out the way i think you start to eliminate a lot of the trauma that you that you feel for yourself right 
And then you start to really base your movements upon, you know, what it is that's going to really generate some happiness in your life, some abundance in your life that might not always be financial, but it just might be a peace of mind, an abundant peace of mind. Right. So think about that for next time and for the next seven days. Love yourself. Ashe.